0: Hello, listeners. This is Adam. I hope you're doing well. Today is a special episode of the podcast. It's going to be a very long one uh, because we have two interviews as well as our normal should have... uh, Proceedings, you should say First, Alex Shenanigans. Baumgartner Shenanigans, you should say mm-hmm. um, First, I was going to be Alex Baumgartner Our good friend of Five Region Sports To talk about the Panthers After that, our good guy, Curtis Martin To talk about the Penguins And his love of Benjamin Chirot That was so much a few seconds ago He quit the call because he was sick of me saying it um, And then after that You're going to be hearing us with our normal spiel And all of this going on around the league So I hope you enjoy this And we'll talk to you in a second Lads, we're back Hello. Woo! Okay, so today, this may not be the first episode of these sort of types that you hear. It may be the first, second, third, or fourth. We don't know yet. Um, We're going to have some people on to sort of talk about the trade deadline with specific teams. Now, one of the most interesting teams in the league in the Atlantic are the Florida Panthers. And who else can we have on? You know him from Five Reasons Sports. Uh, I think it's third time on the show. You know him. You love him. Please welcome on Alex Baumgartner. Bomber, how are you today, my
1: friend? Doing semi-great um time time change not so great but first episode i've been on where the whole crew is actually here so yeah instead okay. of uh last time it was like 1.5 on one podcast now it's actually two on one so pretty happy about that
0: that's why again i forgot that yeah geez wild stuff, wild We've stuff a few episodes
1: my like that lately
0: I know, right? It's been. It just, yeah. It's it's like, um, it's I don't know. I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't come to me. Anyway, um, Alex, right now we look at the floor of the Panthers, and you think right now they're the guys. They're first in the Atlantic. We think they can score at will. They've got one of the best pairings in the league with Ekblag and Uyghur. Um, if we're looking towards the trade deadline, what is that primary need that you're thinking of right now? What do the Panthers need to set them over the edge?
1: Until a couple of weeks ago, I was saying maybe the primary need is another defenseman, maybe slot him in, left shot, somewhere like that. Now, certified top line right winger will put the team over the edge. That's what I want to see at the deadline. Adam is not up. You you might have ruined Adam's
2: day. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was, I was, you you don't, I'm going to pitch Ben Chirot later, whether Bomber likes it or not. Everyone's getting a piece of that today. Curtis, too. Mike, when he gets on, yeah, everyone's getting a piece of Ben Chirot. It's interesting because I think a lot of that discussion was the defense in, earlier in the year. Um, I guess we can talk about that right winger because I think we all have a certain name in mind, and that guy's been the discussion around the league very, very much. Uh, first, I should probably actually throw that over to uh, to uh, our boy, our boy Daniel here, actually. I forgot you were going to ask that. Let's go ahead. Alex. Sorry, Daniel.
3: Oh no problem. Yeah, so, um, Alex, I really want to know, what is the interest f- on Claude Giroux for the Panthers and whether or not that's the fit that you see them put it- getting them over the edge?
1: Well, we've seen reports come out saying that the Panthers were interested in Giroux. Um, there was also reports saying that Philadelphia was interested in Owen Tippett. Um, Owen Tippett has been tearing it up in the AHL. I think he, um, in 11 games, he has 10 points. He's not an AHL player. He just doesn't fit this Panthers team right now. Um, so based off the reports, there, it sounds like there's interest. And in, Claude Drew makes sense in Florida. Uh, over the last two seasons, they've been looking for a right winger to play with Barkov. Verhege, Big, uh, you know, I know you guys love Carter Verhage on this show. I love Carter Verhage. Verhage is that guy on the left wing. Very suitable left wing Barkov. It works. And he doesn't always have to play with Barkov. He can create his own offense. Carter Verhage is a top six winger. I'll say that right now. Um, other than that, they've been trying a lot to see who they can get up there. They've been putting Mason Marchman up there for a little bit. And while it kind of works, Mason Marshman is too electric on that third line with Anton Lundell and Sam Reinhart, So they shouldn't break that up if they don't have to. So I like Claude Giroux there because, you know, Claude Giroux is an elite player. I mean, his heydays are behind him, but he can still perform. And when someone hits the market like that, and it doesn't sound like you're going to have to give up way too much to get him. If it's a first, a prospect and maybe filler, you gotta do it right, mm-hmm. and that's pretty
3: interesting. When you mention a, a, a possible package for Claude Giroux, um, do you see whether or not he becomes just a rental for now, or something that you could see be extended on less money afterwards? Um, and when you mention prospects, do you, is Florida in a position right now to kind of give up someone like Owen Tippett, where he is he is going to be an NHLer, but He's someone you see right now. Like, is he going to fit the long-term
1: vision? Well, f- well, Florida has a lot of decisions to make because Owen Tippett right now, I don't think he has – I don't think right now he has – is in their plans for this season. He had his chances – they put him in the lineup, sent him down for conditioning stints, put him back in, scratched him, started performing well again. But there, I guess there's just no place on this team. I think Florida has the deepest forward core in the NHL because you know Maxine Mamman can't get games sometimes, and when they put him on the first line, he plays pretty well. Um, can you can you repeat the question?
3: Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, so like for me, it's just wondering what the value of a possible Claude Giroux trade would kind of be because you mentioned that. Oh, and then the
1: re-signings, right?
3: Yeah, the re-signings of whether or not you give up Owen Tippett for a rental or you see Giroux as someone who could be here for another short term.
1: So Giroux 34. He's going to expire after this season. Florida has to start extending people very soon, but Brossi still has that contract for a couple more seasons. Mason Marchman is a UFA. So you got to make a decision if you're going to bring Mason Marchman back because he's going to get some suitors on the open market. Now we talk about all the time, the no state tax that helps a lot. Nice climate that helps a lot contender. That helps a lot and subsidizing how much you have to put into a contract. We've seen that with Tampa. We're starting to see that with Florida. You can see that in other, you know, Southern team, and no state tax. That is a decision that they're going to have to look at. Also, Huberto is going to get a lot of money. He only he's has one more Montreal. and he's not, and he's not going to Montreal. Hoover 95%. I think he's going to stay in Florida. I mean, you see him at the pool on his Instagram stories. He doesn't want to live in Montreal. He doesn't want to drive in the snow. He wants to walk out in his shorts, listen to Mackenzie Weger's weather report. So I don't, I think Claude Drew would be a rental. Now the Panthers are in a situation where They look like they're one of the best teams in the NHL. They are one of the best teams in the NHL this season. But you got to add at the deadline because if you don't add, someone else is going to go add. Colorado might add. Tampa still might add. Everyone adds at the deadline. And Florida has a lot of prospects that doesn't fit this window. This team has a unique window where Bill Zito got everyone on three-year contracts. Everyone signed three-year contracts. Sam Reinhart, Bennett, Verhage. They're all around the same time. Forsling, they're all going to expire on the same time. Their window is three years, I think. That's when all their guys are in their prime. That's when all their contracts are in. It's three years. Denisenko, I don't think he's going to fit that three-year time period. So maybe they look at him. Maybe they move him. Tippett, I think they tried to see if he would fit that window. The fact that he's in the AHL this close to the trade deadline... I don't know so I think they would do a package like that
3: mm-hmm. um, I guess like a big thing right now is you've mentioned that forward uh, depth and what they could add there and you have mentioned also the left side of the defensive end um, I'd like to throw that over to Adam
0: thank you uh, yes. just, just one quick thing before I get into talking about trying to pitch you on Ben Chirot, and more importantly to see like how do you feel about if they did do a Jacob Chicker and trade? I just quickly wanted to ask, because he's that number one trade chip real looking in Florida, for people who may not know, what type of player is Owen Tippett? What does he bring to your lineup?
1: Owen Tippett is a guy who clearly has a lot of skill. He's a fast-skating, extremely hard-shot winger. He You can see flashes of skill every once in a while. I almost feel like every time I watch him, he's he kind of gives me a Sam Bennett without, like, the two-way vibes. I think Sam Bennett's a pretty underrated two-way player just off the physicality. I think Owen Tippett can drive the rush in a very similar way because they have a very similar skill set, in my opinion. Sam Bennett learned how to use his skill set to his advantage instead of trying to toe drag every time he comes into the offensive zone which from my Calgary friends have told me he used to try and do that a lot in his earlier years. Now Sam Bennett uses his speed and his strength to drive the offense. I think Owen Tippett has the potential to do that because I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he just doesn't simplify the game enough, but he's Mm -hmm. 23 years old. I believe he has lots of upside. I mean, top top six winger, in my opinion, if he's in the right system, it's just when you're on a team, this stacked, sometimes you get lost. And um, it might not be the best place to develop your game if you're not ready. So, you know, if he goes into a situation where, you know, he's one of the guys, you know, like look at like a Chicago, some of their young guys tear it up because there's not a lot of guys there. Then, or even Philadelphia now. So I think if you put Owen Tippett on a team that needs help, I think his game can, um, you know, progress that way.
0: Interesting, interesting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I want to say a week two ago, Darren Dreger sort of gave us a name, like, uh, not us personally, I wish, uh, but on Insider Trading talked about some of the primary suitors for Jacob and Florida was still there. Now, I think I did listen to the episode of Five Reasons Sports you were on talking about in and sort of the, and I think you guys all turned, you said maybe for a cheaper price, you go bench her up. I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Anyway, though, um, if we're looking at the Panthers, if they do pick up a Jacob Chirker, and, um, you know, he's got the term, he's affordable. Um, we know that, and, you know, if you want to talk about Antoine Lundell, go ahead, because I know you're a big fan of him. But um, what is a legitimate package that you would be comfortable in, you know, maybe our boy Owen Tippett's in that conversation, a package that is actually realistic for the Panthers to give up in order to acquire a Jacob Chirker
1: Well, first of all, let's throw some actual legit reporters in here who have sources. Um, So Greg tweeted, Wisniewski tweeted, um, one GM told him that the price is still high on on, uh, Jacob Chikrin. David Dwork, who is a Florida Panthers beat reporter at a WPLG Local 10, he is also at Five Region Sports YouTube, very legit. He tweeted this. This is on par with what I've been told of the asking price in any deal with Florida. Unless they lower the ask, it's not going to happen. David knows. It's not going to happen. If Arizona is still looking for Anton Lundell, Spencer Knight, plus, first of all, they're out of their minds. (laughs) Second of all, it's not going to happen. Now, if we want to do a realistic package that I think is fair, Mm -hmm. Jacob Tricker has term. He's young. He has an upside, and he has a really nice contract. He also has a modified no trade clause coming in a couple years. So Arizona's best time to capitalize would be right around now. Mm-hmm. I would say first round pick, Owen Tippett, and then you get your pick of Denisenko or Samiskovic. Those are two first round picks, mm-hmm. and then filler so a first round pick two former first round picks that were drafted in the last three years and then filler maybe another draft pick and another prospect b Mm -hmm. B b-rated prospect filler something like that i think that's a decently fair trade to get a guy out of a place that isn't performing well Mm
0: -hmm. fair enough fair enough um and and i
1: don't think arizona would take that that's just mm-hmm. what I'm throwing out there.
2: I, I don't understand why they're asking for more than Jack Eichel. Like it just doesn't make it to me. It doesn't make sense. Like there's a discrepancy between those two players. Yet they're asking. Probably because
0: they don't have to trade him, right? And it, you know maybe that's their thing. If we don't have sure. to trade him, so you give him the boatload. But you know, I mean, we but, and we also all year. Go ahead. Sorry. If,
1: if well, if we're looking at what Bill Zito has done with his trades over the last year and a half he doesn't give up a lot for anything the Sam Reinhardt one was the biggest splash he made and he traded a seventh round goalie and a first round pick that's protected he got a top 10 protected protection on a pick for Sam Reinhardt I mean when I heard that asking price I laughed and I said that's not gonna happen because Anton Lundell is legit a second line center on most teams in the NHL.
0: Mm -hmm. What is it? You call him the mini Barkov?
1: Well, he plays like him a little bit. Um, They put him on the penalty kill. He gets soaks all the time. Great with his stick. He back checks Two way player. Um, He's a rookie. He is two years older than when Barkov was when he entered the league. So it's kind of unfair for me to say he's better than Barkov his rookie season because (laughs) Barkov is also two years younger, but Anton Lundell is 20, and he legit looks like a future Selkie candidate, you know, five, mm-hmm. six years down the road.
0: 100%. Um, one of the one of the good, good crop for rookies this year, and Anton Lundell is one of the the, the more quiet ones definitely to talk about. Um, all right, Alex, I want your bomber. Sorry not to mix everyone up here. Okay, I, I want you to picture something for me here. Entertain me here. Okay. You know, obviously, you got Uyghur and Ekblad, and you know what a pairing. That's great. Imagine, you know, it's the playoffs. You know, Martyr and Matthews are busting down the wing. Ekblad's not on the ice. Let's say Leafs had last change or whatever, right? Okay. They don't go down the right because Racco Gudas is there. They don't want to cross that bridge. I mean, these guys are going to play together if that happens. But anyway, but then on the left, it's Ben Chirac. Can you just imagine it? How great would that be for the Florida Panthers?
1: Um. Well, f- first of all, if, that, if there was with Ben Schrod ever on the Florida the Panthers, they would never put him out there with radical goodies. I mean, That's I the first mean, thing that 100%. wouldn't happen.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent o- Only Daryl Sutter would do that. Only Daryl Sutter mean,
1: would do that. I mean it would be fun. It would, be let fun. me dream. Let me dream. I don't think Andrew Burnett would put two bruisers out there. It would be funny though. Maybe not It'd a playoff fun. series. Sorry? Maybe not in a playoff series. ah uh, um, yeah, we, we we kind of heard rumblings a couple months ago. Maybe Ben Sherratt was a target for the Panthers. Personally, if it was me, I wouldn't pursue it. I know that disappoints you. They also just signed uh, Pateri Lindbaum, who came from Yokerit, I oh, believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, first game in was against Philadelphia. Two huge hits, both clean. He actually um, broke the boards. Florida just put in some new boards. Nice little digital display, and he broke <laughs> the boards on the hit. I'll send you guys the hit after, but it was one of the bigger hits I've seen all year. He's a big body guy. Now, I don't know um, how he's going to pan out in terms of the long term, but, you know, a nice six, seventh defenseman, and he shoots left. So, um, I-, I don't know about Ben Chirot. I don't know about oh. Ben Chirot.
0: All I'm saying is, you know what? You have Bencher out in the playoffs four rounds deep. The, the GM's listening. I'm telling you, he's the right option. This will be the last one for me here, Alex. Um, or bomber crap. I'll we'll get it right eventually. Uh, Spencer Knight, I want to ask about him. Have you seen enough from his game, not only what he's played in the NHL, but uh, his time in AHL Charlotte? Have you seen enough to prove that he's a reliable backup at this point in his career? We know he's a very young goaltender. Let me make that very, very clear to people listening. <laughs> Um or do you think the Panthers should go at the deadline and get like a nice cheap 3G, maybe a mop and bow. if 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 Jake Allen is there and healthy? I'm not saying you're gonna give like a second. I'm just curious if you think you can rely on Spencer Knight at this point going into the playoffs. If something happens to Bobsky, that's all I mean.
1: You know, Spencer Knight after that playoff series, he came in people said he's going to take Bob's job. And I got, I came on this show and I told you guys that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I was right. And you could kind of tell he was a 20 year old goalie getting through the motions of a full NHL season. They sent him down to Charlotte to get some conditioning in, to get some starts. He came back. He looked lights out. When Spencer, Spencer Knight is so young and with young goalies, it's hard to tell for any goalie, It's hard to tell what's going to happen. Now, from what I've seen, I don't know who you can get off the market that's going to be available that's going to be better as a backup than Spencer Knight in the playoffs.
0: Would I don't you, know. Would you like some names, actually, quickly?
1: I would like to hear the names.
0: So I put together, I call it the 100 names trade bait board. About 100 players that we've at least once in, in reports heard some names. Sorry to cut you off there, Bobber. but just no. no just I, so- I, I want to hear the goalies, yeah. So these are the, it seems to be maybe the market. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, probably not. Um, Simeon Varlamov, maybe not. Uh, Antoine Forsberg, um, James Reimer, Braden Holpe, Mackenzie Blackwood, probably not. Uh, Ilyas Stamsonov, uh, Martin Jones, Georgiev, Halak, Corpasalo, Mike Smith, and uh, maybe Peter Morazic, probably not. But those are just some of the names that are probably out there.
2: How'd you forget Charlie Lindgren? That's so unfair to him.
0: Um, because I listen, I I only had a hundred names here. I wasn't putting him over like Calvin DeHaan or anything.
2: Yeah, but he's gonna go to Edmonton.
0: But uh, stop it anyway. But those are some of the goalies out there. Maybe not the sexiest name, but like Martin Jones for like a fifth or something. Not too bad.
1: Forsberg, one I like for a lot of teams. Yeah, Um, I think I think that's one that you know should be looked at also. Florida is such a winning culture right now in terms of this season. Now, not all time, obviously. This is going to be the first back-to-back playoff appearances they've had since 1997 when they wow. made the playoffs this year. 96, wow. they went to the Cup Finals, and they went back to the playoffs in 97. They haven't been back-to-back since then. Um, I just... I just don't think it's necessary. I don't think the backup goalie is too much of a need. If Bob mm-hmm. goes down forbid within the next, what? When's the trade deadline? A week away? Monday. Yeah.
0: Not yeah. this Monday, obviously. Yeah. Sorry. The twenty so first.
1: If, if he goes down on the next week, then yeah, maybe you want to like try and get one of those guys that you just mentioned. But Other than that, I don't think it's too much of a need for the Panthers to get a third goalie.
0: Fair enough. I forgot it was muted there. Go ahead, Alex.
2: Um, So I want to shift away from the trade deadline a little bit. There's a couple topics that that I think we should touch on since we have you here. First, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, after all that Kyle Beach stuff, obviously Joel Glenville was let go or fired from the Panthers, and they brought in Andrew Brunette, and and he has done – a hell of a job with, with the Florida Panthers. And he still has that interim tag uh, on him. It is, I mean, that that's got to go right at some point in the relative future.
1: Yeah. There's no reason why it should still be there. Um, It's going to be removed. It has to be. He came in the very tough situation to kind of come into. And he, you know, he acted like a professional, First time as a coach, interim coach, took over an extremely hot team and he didn't let anything slide. They had a couple rough patches here and there as every team would, but I've been pretty impressed with Andrew Burnett. And he he looks like he's more of coming into like the comfortability where you see when they're down in the game, he's not afraid to change up the lines. The power play looks a lot different now. The penalty kill is is still bumping. It's going to get removed, I think. It's just, when do you do it? I don't think it's going to be done in the middle of the regular season or towards the end of the regular season. That's probably going to be a after the playoffs type of thing because I don't really see who they would bring in that would be better than him. The guys clearly love him. They clearly have the same, you know, fun, energetic, um, you know, environment that they had last season, transferred into this season. Um, probably after the playoffs, that tag will come off. Right.
2: Um, And it's actually funny that we left this one till the end. That's probably the the most dire question that needs to be asked. Uh, Last week, there was some uh, kerfuffle, we'll call it, on Twitter between a certain NHL agent and a certain athletic reporter. I won't name names because that's unfair. Um,
0: People email me saying that you're an embarrassment.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why should Jonathan Huberdeau be considered for the heart?
1: Well, besides the fact that if he doesn't get heart votes, Alan Walsh is gonna have a great day on Twitter. <laughs> um, he's gonna he's gonna break the NHL left wing points record. I think he's like five away from tying it right now. He's already broken the Florida Panthers single season assist record twice. Um, you know, defensively, Jonathan Huberdeau looks like a different player, too. A lot of debate was coming from people that don't watch the Panthers saying Jonathan Huberdeau doesn't play defense. Well, that's not true at all. He's playing penalty kill now. He's making smarter plays. Now, Huberdeau used to turn the puck over a lot. Now, he still does it, but it's gone down a lot in my opinion. He's back-checking more. He's getting in lanes more, and he's still putting up the points. The heart's so interesting because are you going to give it to the guy with the most points? Are you gonna give it to the guy who has the most goals? Are you gonna give it to the guy whose team really needs him? That's what's so confusing about the heart because I really don't understand what people are voting on. I would give put him in my top three just because of the season he's having. To put up that kind of those kind of numbers on a team where you have five guys with twenty plus goals, he should be up there.
0: Mm. Right, sir. I think that's fair. I think it's very fair. So top three. Is my fair to guess that so that's Matthew Schuster and Huber, though?
1: I have Matthews Huberto there, and I was – right now it's just Durkan, but I, I can't sleep on McDavid either, even though he's always in the conversation.
0: Well, it was it two or three points last night for McDavid against Tampa? He's, he's heating up, But You can never count out uh, Connor McDavid. Okay. Well, Alex Bonner, Alex Baumgartner, the great guy. um, Great jerseys, always great hat. I'd Love to have him on, as always. Uh, thank you for your time, as always. Um, If you want to just plug all your stuff – floor is yours
1: uh honestly let's just keep it nice and short a Baumgartner 91 on twitter
0: great guy all right lads we are back the second edition of the trade deadline preview whatever we're calling this we had Baumgartner on good talk thank you again Alex for coming on um and now Curtis is back Curtis how are you my man
4: I'm gonna give applause to myself <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 great I I'm I you know what after the first episode, how much I took it off the rails. and am surprised I got the call back, so I'm happy to be back. And, you know, I'm kind of feeling in a weird situation because I know I'm going to have to live up to the, the hype of Alex starting this off. So I'm mm-hmm. um, looking forward to t- doing my best to keep up with him.
0: Well, first off, I think we should say in a few days, it's a big day. Happy early birthday.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: So the Penguins are an interesting team. Um, they withered the storm of injuries to start the year, as we know. Um, you know, a big part of that was, was our boy Evan Rodriguez. And since then, they've been flying. They're basically starting to get ahead of the Rangers when it comes to the, you know, the, the divisional spot and all that. Um, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline because it's fair to say this could be the sort of final big push for the Penguins. Alex, why don't you start us off here?
2: Yeah, I want to start with one particular player, actually a former former Leaf. Leafs Uh, legend, one might say. Sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Leafs legend. Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, The last, I mean, last little bit has been rough for him. I know he's been uh, scratched a few, the last few games or so what on earth has gone on? Cause when he was traded uh, you know, there's some in Toronto who I won't name names, but there were some in Toronto who were crying, not literally, but very upset that they traded Kasperi Kapanen of all people. And, you know, he had that really good start and now it, things are kind of starting to die off. So what is going on with Kasperi Kapanen?
4: So first of all, I want to, addressed the priority saying people were crying about him losing. I thought that that was the worst trade of Jim Rodither's tenure as the Penguins. Um, not because Kasperi Captain's a bad player, but to give up a first and a second and, you know, we could go on with all the stuff they gave up for basically <laughs> just Kasperi Kapanen. It was kind of rough. So I'm not going to lie. I wasn't... I knew it was going to be a losing trade either way in my opinion, unless he came out and was an all-star. And it's only gotten worse with time. And I think that... You know, he's he's still got talent. I think he's he's got he's still got that speed that we talk about, but he can't do anything with it. Uh, you know, if we kind of want to harp back to a thing that Steve Dangle used to say when he was on the Leafs was the fact that his stick and mind can't keep up with his feet. And that's the big problem, at least from my viewing of Kasperi Kapanen. And I agree with Steve on that point. Exactly. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know. It's hard to crack a top six on the Pittsburgh Penguins because if you don't work with Sid, kind of like it's kind of like Phil. Like, if Phil didn't work on that third line, we could have talked about Phil getting scratched. Like, it's a like hit or miss whether, you know, these people that they bring in actually, you know, work with the top two lines with Malkin, you know, Gensel and Crosby and Rust and, you know, all those guys. It's just they kind of have to play with it. And Kasperi Capitan hasn't done that. And that's why I don't think. Like I think his market's gonna be really low this summer. So I guess if you wanted to bring him back, you could cause I'm pretty sure he's a UFA at the end of this year. I could double check that, but like, I think <clears throat> just with him, it's just that he hasn't been producing. He hasn't been playing well. And then like, we could go back to even like the whole like passport issue with him trying to come over at the beginning of the bubble season last year and him missing like seven games. I'm pretty sure from all reports I heard from the people actually reporting in Pittsburgh that the team was really pissed off about that. So he already wasn't on a great foot to start last year. And then he just hasn't been able to perform. Is that partially because the Penguins haven't put him in a great situation? I don't know. He's played with Malkin or if Malkin hasn't been there, he's played with someone else. I have like Evan Rodriguez, i sorry, Evan Rodriguez, but I just think that, you know, it just doesn't work. And some players just don't work. He's an RFA. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, but I just think that, uh, like, I honestly wonder if you try and trade him this offseason because I'd almost rather give that cap space, and I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, to your big guns and keep them around than keep a guy like Kasperi Kapanen on for, I don't know, I think you're looking at a bridge deal, so another, like, three, four years, maybe a one-year show-me deal. But even then, you know, I think... Well, I talked about this on the last show. I didn't think the team was going to be this good this year, and I think that the window is still, as we speak, closing ever so slightly. Right. And right. it's, and it's just one of those things where it's like, do we want to find out this guy can actually do it when we've seen for three seasons that he hasn't been able to do it with the people we have currently around?
2: Right, and you know, so, I and I think Ron Hextall kind of addressed this earlier on this week, saying they might go after a a middle six winger so assuming that you know there's this hole with Kasperi Kapanen um, who do you see as potential deadline pickups for the for the Penguins in that spot uh, middle six forward
4: I honestly think that's the one spot they don't need to pick anything up for I, I know Hextall mention that but i think that there's a lot of interesting depth on the roster and in the ahl that i would much rather use than taking one of our picks and throwing it on i think the first name that comes to mind is like an andrew cop if you know the jets are looking to sell off some of their ufas and i think guys that's what they have to do they have to acquire ufas because of those big contracts that are coming up at the end of this year like they have they have no cap space like let's just be honest they have no cap space whatsoever so if they want to be in a good scenario to resign these guys next year, which I think, you know, we can talk about it again. I keep on referring to this conversation. We'll have it. So I won't diverge on it too much, but I just think that if I'm going to get someone, I want someone like an Andrew cop who can, you know, slide in on that third line, you know, give a little bit of grip because that's the one thing that the penguins don't really have is a lot of like physicality or a lot of grit. And I think that Andrew cop along with that's also a good offensive player, maybe not like, he's not going to blow your mind with his offensive skills, but if he has a wide open net, he's going to put the puck in the net. And you can't say that about every NHLer. So I think that, you know, I think that Andrew cop would be my pick would be my number one for the wing. But I also don't think that's where they need to address. Uh, that's not their biggest need at this point.
2: Okay. So you, I mean, you, before we started recording, you did say you had a list of, um of candidates that you think the, that the Penguins should go after. So you don't believe Ron Hextall. Uh, who do you think the Penguins should go after then?
4: Number one on my list is Braden Holpe. I want Braden Holpe as a backup because uh, Jari has been good. He has dipped a little bit from his all-star level. He's still been good uh, over the last little while. And, uh, you know, that's happens with goalies. I mean, look at Jack Campbell. Sorry to rub it in Lee's fans, but, uh, I mean, that's just been... <laughs> that's just been a mess. So, you know, it happens. Goaltendings like that. And I just think Colby, you know, I questioned whether it was more of a Washington system that made him a good goalie, but seeing him play in Dallas this year and a, and the short spurt that he played well in Vancouver last year, it showed me that he can play on any team. And I think with the penguin system and, you know, my pick for Jack Adams and, uh, and uh, Sullivan this year system, I think that, you know, he could fit well in there, and we don't even need him to play major games. We just need someone besides Casey Desmith, who's been abysmal. Like I, we brought him up last time when I was on the show, and it hasn't right. gotten any better. If anything has gotten worse, <laughs> so I think you know. It, honestly, with that, it just comes down to cost. Like I'm honestly comfortable giving up a third round pick for Braden Holby and getting him as my backup goaltender, and. I don't think the the stars should expect much more maybe a second if the market's hot on him because like if we, if you're going for the first round echelon, sorry echelon goalie then why aren't you going for marc Andre Fleury? And that's right. not what they need. They don't need a starter, they need a backup. And I see Holby as a 1B in this point in his career, which is but, what
2: No, I was just say, I was going to say wouldn't that be what a story that would be? Bring back Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, yeah, I get it. You got Trish and Jari. But like, bring back Marc-Andre Fleury. Get the gang back together. Sid, Malkin, Latang, Fleury, go for a nice cup run.
4: <laughs> I mean, you guys know that my my favorite player growing up was Marc-Andre Fleury. So it, it sounds nice. It's a romantic thought, but I mean like most rom-com movies, they're not based in reality, so I don't see, <laughs> I don't, I don't see Flurry coming back. I just there's a reason why they let him go. It was a mutual decision. Yeah. He wanted to be a starter. He still wants to be a starter. I mean, this year his numbers aren't great, but he also plays on the Chicago Blackhawks. So how much can we read into that? I think he's shown that he's still at least a like top 15 goalie in the NHL over the last couple of years which makes him a starter in this league. And, you know, you could argue whether that's, you know, already gone downhill this year. Cause again, you know, the Chicago thing is really tough to really decide what's going on with that. But, you know, personally for me, I just think that Hopi's a better fit. Cause he's more of a backup guy. Dallas has like four goalies right now that they need to sort out. They need to get rid of someone. You're not getting Ottinger. Because Ottinger's our future. And also, you guys know I'm a little bit of a goalie nut. Ottinger's uh, a guy that I've been really high on for a while. I like the way he's been playing this year. He's looking good. So I think it makes sense to move on from Holby Because no one, no one wants Kodobin. His contract's off. I'm sorry. like You're just going to have to eat that. Like Unless you're, unless you're giving us a first-round pick and Kodobin, and we're giving you almost nothing back, then I, if, I, if I was any team in the NHL, I wouldn't touch that. Even the Arizona Coyotes, you have to give me a first-round pick back to touch that contract. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just one of those things where I think backup goalies the biggest need because if we really want to go back, it's also a little. Uh, it's also a little part of my mind and thinking about last year's playoffs when Jari basically okay. the bed. Wait, are we allowed to swear on this? It's
2: okay. I'll edit it out. Uh,
4: yeah, you can. Actually, can you put the quack, like the little like, duck the over duck, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Do, do that. That's going to be so <laughs> I'll funny. I'll find it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and so wouldn't you feel better having Braden Holpe there to go to, to be like, hey, you won a cup. You've had playoff success. You've had success this year. Then that's yours now. I'm not saying that I'm w- willing to just like throw Jari out the first second that he has a bad game. But like if you're in game three and he's had two terrible performances, at least, you, like, you're not going to dismiss and be like, "Hey, Casey, you're really going to turn this thing around." Why don't you <laughs> hop in there? Like, that's more of a sh- that's more of a guys, let's pick it up kind of move. Kind of like when you pull your goalie in a bad game. It's like it's not the goalie's fault all the time. It's just like the coach trying to be like, guys, you're really like playing terribly in front of our goalie right now. You really need to start picking it up. So,
0: you know, the Penguins do have a history of pulling out a goalie. that's done all the work for the sake of the playoffs. I mean, talk about Marc-Andre Fleury there, but um, I have a list of goaltenders I have on the 100 names, two-on-one podcast trade bait board. Um, You just give me a yes or no. Um, We talked about Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Simeon Barlomov?
4: No, I don't think he's at this point. I mean, he's fine. He hasn't played enough this year for me. Hope he's been playing consistently and he'd be a better backup.
0: Antoine Forsberg,
4: not the caliber goalie I wanted. He's like I would say he's around the the level of Desmith. He's playing a little bit over his head, but I think Desmith's about the same level as he is. James Reimer, that's an interesting one. But if we if we wanted, I know I'm supposed to talk about the Penguins, but I think the Leafs should go for him. Honestly,
0: oh, you're gonna so play with I. Alex's heart here. So do
2: I. So do I.
4: Not not just because I think that it would be funny to have him go back to Leafs. I also think that. Well, he's injured now, so it's kind of tough. But yeah. Um, I think he's just shown, especially even even in Carolina last year, he was good last year. So it's not like a fluke year where he just happens to have a good year. Mm-hmm. So I think right. that you know he's a good goalie. I don't think he's gonna go to Pittsburgh. I wouldn't honestly if like I could get Reimer for a cheaper price at Holby, I would be like, like, oh, I'm okay with that. I mean, Peter Murazik. Peter Murazik. <laughs> Well, if if the Leafs trade Peter Mrazek, where who's playing net for them? Oh, are no, they are we, are, 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 I I know, <laughs> but like for the Leafs, who's playing net for? I believe the in the Eric Leafs and, Oh, wow! No, I don't Someone know. No. <laughs> I the, the this is the thing. It's like you know, the Leafs are very good in the sense that they have a lot of prospects, even still, and on defensive forward, but. When a goalie guy like me doesn't even know a single one-year prospects besides Joseph Wool, and I guess Ian Scott, but he's playing in the ECHL right now, and I don't think he's NHL ready, then you can't trade Mirazik. You can't put one of those guys into a scenario where they're just going to drown. Like yeah. it's it's literally like throwing a baby into like the ocean. Yeah, it's you, like
2: you, you can't trade him without getting something back. And also the, the cap, I like think the goalie.
4: Penguins' cap situation, and then Mrazik. Yeah, that's also the big part. He's getting paid, what is it, like $3.5 million this year? Yeah.
0: You guys aren't letting me have any fun here. So um, sorry. I'll give you two more names here. Um, We'll just skip over Mike Smith, shall we? Uh, Jonas Corposalo.
4: Jonas Corposalo. He's still young, which makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a long-term play, and I think the Penguins goalie long-term is Tristan Jari. They made that that clear when they traded um Matt Murray, which also... Uh, shout out Matt Murray. He's had a really good return to form since he went down to the AHL. So I want to give him a little plug here, good. but um, yeah, I think, I think they know who their goalie is and they also, I think this is also the thing. If we're looking long-term, I, we talked about this last podcast. They have three really good goalie prospects right now that are all going to need a spot to play next year. Cause I, I, I know for a fact that Clegg is coming over from Europe next year to play somewhere in the Penguin system. So, you know, I don't think adding a long-term goalie is really what they need right now.
0: Then how about this will be the last goalie I'll throw at you, or it's going to be two of them, either a Yurisov Halak or a Martin Jones.
4: I wouldn't touch Martin Jones with a 10-foot pole. Um, <laughs> uh, Yurisov Halak is interesting. Uh, I think I think he's on a very steep decline right now, but... I guess your logic is, you know, in a backup role behind Jari, if Jari falters, he could be fine. And I mean, that's true, but I still think Holpe is better than all those goalies you just named because of all the reasons I said, I think he's the their number one option. And the more that you keep on talking about goalies, I honestly would be willing to give up maybe more than a third for Holpi, depending on what the market's looking like
0: hmm okay i'm gonna ask you one more trade thing before we go to sydney crosby um okay because i, I want to say that there was one team scouting the hab seattle game last night and i think it was actually um i think it was pittsburgh so i mean you know you know the penguins they got a history of having a lot of injuries yeah, on the back end need a bit of grit a bit of toughness i mean you know I think Ben Chirac can work. I think so. Oh man, I was waiting, okay. I've been, I've okay. waiting okay. for that.
2: Can can I just say I'm so happy that live on the podcast, I'm not the only one getting thrown Ben Chirac trade requests.
0: Bomber got it too.
2: Bomber got it. I'm too. so happy. Like today is, is my favorite. They saying the market day. is hot for Ben Chirac? March
0: 13th. If chicory if Chikorin's down. Hey, you know, they're Klingberg staying, but then the stars, if Haskinen's out too long with Mono. Also, that's
4: gonna... a mistake. They should be training Klingberg.
0: Yeah, I know. They're not going to win the game, but you know, the, the market could be some defenseman off the market, big Ben Chirot.
4: I think if you pay more than a fourth round pick for Ben Chirot, you're sorely mistaken. Then and that's we're... not, that's not the comment on him as being a terrible player. Cause as everyone knows to be in the NHL, you have to be a good hockey player, but he his best role is as a bottom pair defenseman. I'm sorry. Listen. Like you he out Adam, look at me. Yes. He got carried by Shea Weber for a whole year. And now you want a first-round pick for him. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm <laughs> not the one. I look get.
0: at you. He he objectively all I'm just doing my part the campaign. Like he's, he's, he he's got leadership. He is
4: objectively awful. Have you seen his I, penalty numbers in no, the I, postseason? They go up. I don't, I don't no need one one call to look at them. Penalties, his penalty numbers
0: go them. up in the office. I watched him, man. I know. I know. Um, But this is a real name I actually
4: really want to ask. The only reason he's Elon, not done.
0: He's not done. He's,
4: The only reason he's number ten on my list is because he's above six foot five and could like punch Brad Marchand if you wanted to fight Jari again. Like that's the only reason he's on my list. Like
0: (laughs) Ben Chirac, I'm telling you, you guys just watch, just watch. Anyway, um, this
4: is I'm I'm sorry, that's whoever trades for Ben Chirac and it's higher than a third or fourth round pick, fire your GM, fire (laughs) them. fire them instantly fire them into the sun. Like, I don't know. Like, like, why are we doing here? Like, honestly, there's better defensemen. call up Winnipeg. Winnipeg has a bunch of defensemen. I'd rather Justin Braun, honestly, like there's other people I can think of over Ben Chirot. And plus Pittsburgh has a solid top four right now. Anyways, and does not need Ben Chirot. I mean,
0: the third pair. Yeah. For a fourth round pick. All it's going to cost you, is Samuel Pula. Anyway, um, there is a there is a, a natural Montreal player I wanted to ask you about. The only you know, good been prospect we have. They, they could have been asking, you know, looking at Seattle, but I'm not going to go that route. Um, if we can believe tall, and sorry to take it back to the wingers conversation, if you want a really good third liner who has control because he is an RFA, I wonder your opinion if if the Penguins were calling on a Cherry it That's
4: interesting. Um. Honestly, I was kind of hoping before the contract extension that they would kind of look at getting the can back. Yeah, <laughs> because I know they wanted to get something for him instead of just letting him go in the expansion draft. But honestly, a part of me would have wished they just kept on it and rolled the dice because of how bad that team was drafted. That maybe he wouldn't have gotten picked. You never know, um, especially because they took Brandon Tan up instead when other players objectively were the better choice, which makes me think that they might've taken Brandon Tanev over him, which again, also thank you, Seattle. Like if we had Brandon Tanev on our book for this off season, we would not be able to sign everyone. Like we would not be able to sign Malkin and Latang. So I got to give a shout out to the Seattle Kraken. They're my new favorite West coast team because they just saved our asses this off season. So I really (laughs) appreciate it. But um, but yeah, I, I think our Lackanen a good piece. I think like, let's be honest guys, like third round, like third line guys are, are like, you know, they're not like crazy. Like there's like the difference between a third line guy on one team and a third line guy on another team. is not a big difference. Honestly, a part of me was wondering if I heard something that they were kind of looking into Nick Ritchie, which was interesting. I don't know why they were looking into that. least legends. Leaf, yeah, Leaf Legend Nick Ritchie, but um, personally, I'd, personally, I think if I'm trading for a winger, I'm trading for Andrew Kopp because I think he fits well in the system. I think he can play a 200 foot game. I think he's a guy that I know the Penguins have had a pretty good penalty kill this year, but he could improve the penalty kill even more, either whether it's even in the first or uh, second group. And I think, you know, it makes sense for Winnipeg to move on from, from him because they're not going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. And they should just get value where they can on their UFA. So I'm going with Andrew Kopp as my pick for Winger still.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. I'll ask about Crosby a little later. I think Patrick I think Patrick needs to get some distance before I keep asking about Ben Chiroff. So go ahead, Dan. You mean Curtis? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Listen. We're all a little hot right now. Go, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I feel
4: bad for Alex. Alex has a lot of editing again this time. No problem. <laughs> he, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So
3: you know, on Daily Face Off, Curtis Frank Cervelli wrote, "This is starting to feel like the last dance for the Pittsburgh Penguins." Um. So before we play Donna Summer, I'm just thinking, <laughs> what is going on with the Chris Letang negotiations? We saw that he wants five years, seven million AAV. What's that looking like for you? Do the Penguins do it?
4: It's tough because John Marino is kind of the next Chris Letang. I think he's shown that he could be that guy. I'm not saying that he'll be at the caliber of Chris Letang for his career, but I think he could step into that role of like a top line guy that could provide some offense, but also at the same time can play a little bit of a 200 foot game. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and say Chris Letang has a 200 foot game. I think you know, he's more on the offensive side of things. I think he can make defensive plays. He has, but it's tough. It's tough. Like, cause a part of you is like, well, why don't we just start this thing all over again? Because, you know, we're at the point where, you know, if you're giving Latang that five-year contract, you're putting him well into his thirties. Same with Malkin. And then, well, Malkin and Crossy, if you're giving them five-year deals, they're almost going to be in their forties at that point close to it so I guess it just depends on what your mindset is is do you want to hold on to what you have now and hope that these players are the elite players or even arguably Hall of Fame players that all three of them are and will not drop off significantly until the last two years of those contracts you know you could argue I think the fact that Latang has stayed healthy the last two years makes me lean more to I'd want to sign that contract than in past years if he still had injury problems the last few years, I would have, you know, highly, highly warned against signing that contract. Cause he would have just been injured most of the time. So, and we've seen what kind of player he is when he's healthy. He's an elite defenseman. I think he's one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL, to be honest. So, I mean, i going to like this, but I think if he doesn't sign with Pittsburgh, he's going to go to Montreal. It's just kind of the easy connection. If he's not going to sign with Pittsburgh, he wants to go home. Um, Hughes, no, baby. Let's go. Yeah,
2: if he signs a five-year deal, he will be forty years old.
0: Yeah, by the end. thirty-fifth birthday is in six weeks. Oh boy, him and Bergeron—they're both signing long-term in Montreal, and they're going to be screwed anyway. Some numbers,
4: <laughs> like, by the way. Honestly, I uh, I wonder, and I know that this isn't done in hockey enough. I wonder if Sid goes to Malkin and Latang is like guys, sign a one-year deal. For like seven million or something, let's get one more shot of the can. And then after that, we can go wherever we want. I'm going to stick it out here. You do what you want to do. We already have our cups. Why not try to get one more cup in Pittsburgh? That's like, that's kind of like what Jordan was trying to do before the team was broken up by Jerry Reinsdorf in uh, mm-hmm. Chicago, Was he was like, all right, guys, let's just come back, sign a one year deal. Let's just keep on doing it until we can't do it anymore. But <clears throat> I also get why that's doesn't make sense for LeTang because he wants another big paycheck and he wants stability. And if he breaks his leg next year and he's on a one-year deal, well, then there goes all that money. So I get it. But I think, you know, if somebody would be able to convince them, it would be Crosby. I don't know if Crosby the guy that would actually intervene with that, but I don't know if I sign him. And it's tough because he's been a great player for us. But, you know... It's going to be an interesting Penguins team next year. I think I've been trying to focus on this season, but it could look very different. Mm-hmm. I and guess, that's okay. not,
3: sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Ahead. Um, I just wanted to know for you, because if Latang does walk and if we're going to use again, the last dance reference. So are you feeling this is the 97 bulls the 98 bulls? Because what's a number you're comfortable with keeping Evgeny Malkin?
4: I think whatever he wants, you give it to him. Personally, I think you keep him around as long as you can. And I think that's because um, he's never been a fast player. So age is not going to affect that. Hands don't go with age either. Neither does, um, well, maybe, you know, seeing the ice a little bit. But the elite players always can see the ice no matter what age they are. So Malkin isn't going to be affected as hard as someone like tank who focuses on, you know, speed and agility and all those things. Malkin's never been that. Uh One, somebody said that. I think I heard one writer a long time ago, refer to Malkin as like the bear of the NHL. Like he's not, he's not like fast, but if you get in his grasp, like you better watch out. Like if you give him that opportunity, he's going to take that opportunity and score. And he's and like, look at Ovi. Like we're in an age where like people can play until they're like 37 and still be good NHL players. Even if Malkin was like, you know, I don't know, like, maybe like the equivalent of like a third line when you're towards the last couple of years of his deal or sorry center. Am I really upset at that? I don't know. Like it's also like, we don't have a lot of kids that he's taking up their spot either. Like it's not like our pipelines deep with young forwards that are coming up, to try to get a spot either. So I think, you know, the makes the big mistake of all the bad rebuilds is them tire firing every person and then just starting with Scorched Earth. And I think when you have a guy like Malkin and Crosby, you kind of have to keep that leadership group around, at least to bridge the gap between their era and the next era. Will that next era be as good as this era? I mean, it'll be hard to compete because they had a pretty good era, but I guess the only time can tell.
3: Mm-hmm. Before we get to Sidney Crosby, who still is and will continue to be the centerpiece of this team moving forward, no matter what they do. I just want to know your thoughts on Brian Rust and what you see him going into the future.
4: See, I think this is the reason why you, you try to get rid of Kasperi Kapanen because Kapanen's money should be going to Brian Rust. Brian Rust has been and will be one of the more important pieces of this Penguins roster for multiple reasons. One, he's one of the few guys that has successfully played with Crosby and Malkin and on the third line in his career. You can plug him in on the top three lines, which, you know, some people could be like, oh, well, that's just a third liner that can stick with Sidney Crosby. Well, find me another third line winger that can stick with Sidney Crosby and also be placed on the third line. Can't think of many other people. You know, he's kind of him and Connor Shearer to a degree when he was with the Penguins are that kind of mold where it's like, you know what, we can bring up our level to play with the top players and we can keep that level on the third line and add another weapon. Now, if you want $7 million, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, chill out here. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about this, but I don't think he's going to want that much money. So I think that he's one of the more important signings. I think, you know, Latang obviously is important, but I'd argue he's more important because he's more important to this forward group, which is the identity of the penguins. Um, Adam, go ahead.
0: I just want to quickly read three different stat lines here before I go to Sidney Crosby, just to put pun in perspective. Beside the three cups, uh, 632 points in 918 games for Chris LeTang. Uh, 434 goals, 1,128 points in 963 games played for Malkin. How weird is it that those two haven't played 1,000 games? Crosby has. Isn't that kind of weird when you think wow. about it? Um, in 1,086 games, Sidney Crosby, 505 goals, Thirteen hundred eighty-two points. He's point per game in every single season. Forty-seven games, nineteen goals, fifty-seven points. Sidney Crosby. The hard conversation, Curtis, as you know, who somebody who lives in Toronto has been dominated by Austin Matthews. To many people, others should be looking at the goaltender who's putting up you know historic numbers in Igor Shesterkin. I've lobbied for Kyle McCarr how how good he's been. Um, McDavid's obviously McDavid. Um, and I had this discussion with the guys last week that maybe we handed the torch away from Sid to McDavid, maybe a little too quickly. You look at what Crosby's done since he's come back from injury or just his entire career. Where do you, as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, see Sidney Crosby in the hierarchy of the league right now? And should he be in the heart conversation this year? Even though he should probably, I, I don't know how many he has off the top of my head, but he should probably have more than he has, to be honest. It's
4: um, a good question. I don't think he should be in the heart conversation. I think the young guys have just are that good now. I think, first of all, I think it's Austin Matthews hard to lose at this point. I think he he's gonna smash a bunch of records. He's scoring at a better goals per game clip than uh, Ovechkin did at his hottest point of his career. I'm pretty sure I saw. So, how do you not give him the heart, especially when the Leafs are one of the best teams in the NHL? and I'd argue the. Uh, Islanders and Shosturkin are kind of not floundering, but they're kind of just starting to tail off as the season goes on. Not saying that Shosturkin isn't a good goalie. He's going to win the Vezina. I don't think it's a question, but I just personally think that it's, it's weird, right? Because I think someone said it like Crosby isn't a sexy player. Like he's not McDavid where I'm going to dangle through 10 guys and put a top corner. Crosby's I think Crosby's still a top eight player in the NHL mm-hmm. considering his age. I think it's, that's impressive. Um, I think that we'd have a different conversation if he didn't have his concussion issues. I think he would still be one of the top players. I think he would even be higher up on people's all time, not even just in the league right now, all time rankings. If you know, we didn't have that dirty hit in the outdoor game that caused him to miss basically the most part of two seasons of his career. Was that David Steckel? It was David Steckel. Of course. But we can't we can't talk though because also on the ice that day was Matt Cook. So well, we cannot. I'm
0: surprised anyone got off the ice that day.
4: I, I cannot comment on you know dirty players, but I don't know. I just think that Crosby's still oh he's not underrated, but he's underrated. When it comes to the top players, if you know what I mean,
0: uh, I want you guys to guess. I'll go through each of you one at a time, starting with Curtis. Guess how many heart trophies Sidney Crosby has?
4: I don't know if he has one. I think he has one. Daniel?
2: Uh, two. Alex? I know the answer. I, I looked it up when oh, Curtis asked. Okay. So,
0: How in the world does Sidney Crosby only have two heart trophies?
4: Two, Honestly, ten, two. What? What? It's because, like I said, he's just that, you know, he does everything kind of player. That's... He plays he plays a 200-foot game. He can put up a point a game. That's why, you know, if any prospect gets the Sidney Crosby comparison, they should be, you know, happy with that because that means that you're not just a flashy player. It means that you can also play the puck on the defensive side. It means you can strip the puck. I think, you know, a big storyline over the last, like, I want to say four years now has been Mark Stone's ability to create takeaways. And I think Crosby's up there too. And his ability to create takeaways in the ice. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know if he really needs the hearts though. Like I feel like in his mind, the cops are all that mattered to him. Like, I think, you know, when, when him and Ovi eventually get inducted into the same hall of fame class, I think he's going to show up with all of his rings on his fingers just to show him off to Ovi being like, you know what? You want to know why I'm the better player? Right here, rings.
0: <laughs> you know what? I actually wanna I wanna look up how many heart trophies Ovechkin has. Because he must have one at least. Can you imagine that you know how like how shack always gets upset because he's like Steve Nash won two MVPs, so I should have won. So Sydney just um I'm curious about oh okay. Basketball. Ovechkin has more hearts, he has three. What? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's three. that's insane.
4: Also, okay. going back to that basketball reference, Steve Nash deserved every one of those MVPs. I was believe he, was, as well. Yes, he he literally revolutionized the game of basketball.
0: You've seen the clip where he like he's like Ernie Johnson's like I have a vote, and he's like the two times Steve Nash beat me, you voted for him? I did. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming on, Curtis. Uh, always appreciate you having you on. Um, Pittsburgh, an interesting team. Uh, I'm telling you, Ben Chirac or San a first experience happening is coming. <laughs> Um, let
2: me
0: come back. Curtis is no. never
2: coming on again.
0: Listen, um,
2: I'm going to get a text message. I am never coming on the podcast
4: again. The text. I think no, no, gonna... no, no, no. Don't worry, guys. I'll I, I love the show. I'll definitely be back on. I just in my contract. We have to. Yeah, you, you have to put the clause. No, Ben Sherrod talk. And Wait, the, we and can do that.
2: No, if, if Alex doesn't if get that, we're no, allowed, no. wait, we're allowed to put anyway, that. Uh, the
0: credits <laughs> go away, and uh, you can no, sorry, not go away. Go ahead and plug your Twitter and all that where people can find you.
4: Right, um, you know what? I'll plug what I've been working on a little bit before the Twitter. I I just did a podcast. I have my own podcast called the Blue Jays Way Podcast, and luckily baseball's back, so that'll be really firing up and kicking into gear and to kick things off this season we had a great interview with Jeff Blair which is live as we're recording this right now so when you're hearing this you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts just type in the Blue Jays Way podcast hopefully by then the YouTube video will be up as well and we'll have some clips up uh, depending on my schedule but uh yeah and then you also you can find me on Twitter at cmartin387 you can find me on Instagram at cmartin2292 and uh, I have a photography account because I'm a photographer. You can follow that at Curtis Martin Photography. That's it.
0: All right. When we come back, we are going to look at Leafs goaltending. Uh, what else? Rasmus Ristolainen's extension. Yes, Barry Coffinembe's extension. Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. Some women's league stuff and Chickering stuff. The Leafs game. We're going to preview that. Uh, the Habs have back-to-back honest losses. You need for the tank and all that. And maybe we'll have a conversation about Ben Chirot just just for the sake of for Alex's. Awesome. We will be back in a moment. Uh, so I have to hold back my laughter because Curtis just left. He wasn't happy with me. He wasn't happy with me and Ben Chirot. Great guy, honestly. I love I love Alex. I love Curtis. Thank you both for coming Thanks. on the podcast.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll see you guys wait, next week.
0: Hopefully, all right, it. <laughs> Daniel doing. Hopefully, hopefully Curtis has to come back on, and I didn't just push it too hard with Ben Chirac, but it had to happen. Uh, it had to happen anyway. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's a Pittsburgh Penguin or a Pittsburgh Penguin. Anyone. Anyway, I just I want I want it to happen. Okay. Guys. I want him
2: to be a Ranger.
0: I. Yeah, I want anyone, him to be a Ranger. Yeah, and then Mike just loses it like a volcano in the, you know, I don't know, Spain. They have volcanoes. Kako
3: uh, in the know. first.
0: Kako? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Okay, let's look around the NHL. How about we talk about refereeing to start officiating? We have three wild cases over the past week. There was the incident with Nazem Kadri that Gabriel Landeskog took exception to, his reputation, the inconsistencies that TJ Luxmore and, excuse uh, the dog, uh, and um, who's the other guy? Wes McCauley had. There was the Arizona incident when Matthews' stick was held by Jacob and No call. Chickering goes the other way and scores. Um, and then there was the stuff with Hyman getting hooked by Ovechkin with the most blatant hook you've ever seen. It took this long to have a real bad discussion about officiating. We've had it, but this is the explosive point of the season, and I'm impressed it happened this close to the trade deadline, guys.
2: I know. like I mean, like we could have, right? We could have done... Uh... Week I we could have done a weekly Remember segment. Read of the bye week. The what?
0: Remember Read of the bye Week we used to do? Instead, it would have been the blown call of the week.
2: <laughs> oh, I love this league.
0: He said calmly, but yes. inside his head was screaming. But they I mean they were all bad calls.
2: I, I saw the uh, Ovechkin one and I was ready to lose it. Yeah. Like I'm I saw them like I saw all of them, but I was ready to lose it on the Ovechkin one. like the what what blatant missed call? but you know what, why do you, we talk about all of them first before, uh, I loo- before I lose it and say it's science or whatever?
0: Well the Ovechkin one was just as the clearest day you've ever seen. Um, Landis Kog had comments that were very smart, very it doesn't look like he's been fine. Because, I mean, he, he complimented, what is it? The refs did a good job for 50 minutes. I would read the paragraph, but I, I'm really bad at reading, so we're not going to do that. Uh, we we should have gotten the audio for it. But um, that whole thing was the reputation of Nazem Kaji because the rider penalty was, okay, he thought the guy dove, but when Nino himself, um, what Colorado thought dove, there was still technically, the ref said, or there was still the infraction. But it wasn't the same for Kadri. So it's another example of the inconsistencies. And I think, Daniel, really, it's again, it, it feels like referees have each each linesman, each rep have their own set of rules. It's just so inconsistent.
3: Yeah, you can't really, I don't know, gauge on, OK, what's going to happen and what's fair and to, to see what was going on. Like Alex really took the word um, that I was going to use about how blatant it was for some of these plays to happen and a lot of non calls going on. and. I believe it was that one stat right now where it was with, I cannot remember the source, but it was like Colorado are like number one with the drawing penalties. And yes, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just, we've, we've talked about this so many times before about the consistency of what was going on. And I think, you know, we, we, we were talking about Colorado, but if I've been talking about like the Leafs game right now, like to have a non-call in a, such a crucial situation like that, as well in overtime it's just to me it's just i don't know like that that hold was really really blatant and that was something that you know it's not like it, it happened away from the play you know what i mean like it, it was it right was there with the lines play. Play. Yeah, yeah
0: like so the capitals oilers won the, the the caps got a point out of it luckily edmonton won Uh, The one involving Colorado Was just sort of It it really gave It was a close game the whole time But score-wise So it sort of It 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 really caused momentum It was like late in the game So Colorado didn't have a shot You know, I don't have a problem Because I know people Have pointed out, for example The Leafs are really low When it comes to drawing penalties Which they probably Should be a lot higher Because of the way they play If Colorado draw the most penalties I would actually agree Like, that sounds right Because they always have the puck Um, But then it's like, okay, but Kadri's the one guy we're going to go after. Um, If we could focus on the Toronto one here, Alex, because let's just make it out the way first and foremost. Should Matthews have given up on the play? No, but I don't blame him because I'd be pretty mad in that scenario too. Should they have been in the position? No, but that doesn't make the refs sort of cock up any worse. Sorry, any any better. It it was still
2: a blown call. Yeah, it's like two things can be true. Like, you know, I, I think I was talking about this last episode too. Like, why does it, why can only one thing be true? Like, yes, Matthew should have come back on the play, but even if Toronto won, in my opinion, this would still be a discussion that should be had where it was a missed call like that. We saw another missed call in Edmonton. And then we saw the shenanigans that went on with Landis So I don't really, or with Kadri, sorry. So I don't really like, again, they missed the call. I I don't know if you guys uh, caught 32 thoughts. I think it was the one on Friday. I, I'm not a fan of this. It is what it is approach. Like I get the point that uh, Friedman and Merrick were trying to make and, you know, it's the NHL. They're not going to change, but I, I just, it was so blatant and there were three, three different scenarios within a span of 2 days and and I think the especially the one the landersgaard comment where we where we're talking about Kadri that's a that's a very uh very very hard topic because we're talking about referees not making calls because of the reputation of players Th- like that's how? Like, how are you? What is you why? Why is that even a conversation?
0: Here's what's really worrying, too, is if we look at it right now, the Capitals are they're three points behind Boston, right? Boston became in hand, but giving them an extra point could really bite the wild card standings and their opponents, right? If we look at the other side, Colorado's obviously running away with it, so it's a little different. Um, same with Cal, like Carolina and, and Colorado are pretty set in their ways, but Edmonton right now, if you look at it, they're in a playoff spot because oh goodness gracious, our Vegas falling. But if you had cost them a point, then how much different is their season with how tight the West wild cards third spot in the Pacific race really is right now? And you you can have officials being the reason that you know, these places are, are being affected. And even to Toronto's extent right now, they're in a bitter dogfight with the Panthers to try and get second in the, um, sorry, uh, yeah, no, with, with Tampa and Toronto to try and get second in the Atlantic.
2: And, and Boston's creeping up behind them. A yes. game in hand there. I think they're two points back. Toronto has a game in hand on them. So like, it, you know, the discussion's always, how do we not have the referees affect the game? No matter what they do, they're going to affect the game. Well, I, I don't know that why that's so difficult to understand. Like if they don't make the call, they're affecting the game by not making the call. By making the right call, they're affecting the game by making the right call. Like, just, please make is, the right call. <laughs> just make the right call. Just makes the right call. Like I think Merrick brought up the uh, example of Shabbat in, at the end of the game, the penalty against Shabbat. Um, at the end of the game against, uh, I believe it was Ottawa versus Edmonton. If that is tripping, then that is tripping. It could be five seconds left on the clock. It could be 19 minutes left on the clock. Is it or is it not tripping? Make the decision and that's how we'll move forward. By, by making call, not making calls at certain times, you are inadvertently affecting the outcome of the game. Like I don't know why that's so hard to understand.
0: There are, there are so many different, you know, sort of, like, um, you can see, I guess, pet peeves in hockey officiating. My personal, my big one is when you call the guy for embellishment and you also call the guy who committed the foul. Um, okay, then which which is it? You know what I mean? I, I don't like the idea of both going off. Or if somebody punches a dude in the face and then somebody punches back, the guy who punches back is the one who goes in. Um, I don't know. Where, I think, Alex, you may have seen this. I think it was in the second period of the Habs game last night when Josh Anderson got flooded by Seattle players and he was the one sent to the box and it was a power play straight up. Yeah. And you're like, excuse me. Um, there's just inconsistencies there. And um, you know, the, we don't need to talk about Brendan Gallagher's reputation with refs and how that's cost Montreal in the past, but it, it it's just, there's, it, it's never simple with NHL refs. And you know, I don't like Friedman and Merrick saying it just, it is what it is. That's just, That's a very hockey
3: answer though. You (laughs) You are
0: two very, very important, influential, you know, members of the media. You are Um, Friedman's the insider to be honest. That's what he is. Um, And, and Merrick has talked about the thing of, you know, you know, if you, if you want the rules called properly, he talks about like, ah, this side of the ice for icings and that, no, that's different. That's different than, than roughing and holding a stick. That's just, there is nothing more blatant than holding a stick. Well, you know there's something's not right here
2: in canada they're i mean i'd argue and i think there's a good argument for it they probably are two of the most influential people in hockey media in they canada
0: the hockey podcast 32 thoughts it's it's that it's that big so, so yeah it's from
2: them a little bit uh yeah
0: They've had other stuff this year when you've been much more severe stuff and the stuff they have chosen to cover and they haven't, I'll personally say. Um, I won't go more into it, but I think we all know when they were called out for not covering as much with Kyle Beach and John Doe too. I don't think they ever covered what happened with the loss, like with the settlement. Um, so, you know, I love those guys. I have a lot of respect for they're the reason this podcast exists, but... Literally. Just saying, like, ah, that's how it is. That's not good enough. I don't, I don't like it, especially this time of the year when one loss or one win can determine your entire plans for the deadline. It is too high stakes, and then we know what's going to happen in the playoffs. And don't give me flashbacks to freaking Chris Lee. And ah, uh, it's it's goodness gracious. Um, if we look at. From here, I mean, we already mentioned uh, Gabriel Landeskog for a second, so I think we can just sort of quickly note. uh, He is out indefinitely with knee surgery, um, which is a shame. What a great year he was having. Um, And Sam Girard is out four weeks. All I can find is there's a lower body injury. I don't know if they've had the specifics quite out yet for that. Um, So let's say Landeskog's out for the entirety of the regular season. What's that, like 7 or $8 million? I can't remember his cap it. But that opens up some room for Colorado at the deadline, doesn't it? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. It does, and that's why they will – that's why Claude Giroux will be a Colorado avalanche.
3: It'll probably be, what, next year's first round pick because they already gave it away for Darcy Kemper.
0: Yeah. Mm, I wonder if they can be really silly. That if they have enough room, you get Chicago to retain on <laughs> And I know they just extended – they just extended – um Friends, rent but, you know I – mean, they could get really nutsy. We know this is the only year for Colorado. Yeah, so right. get nuts, man. Get nuts. Get get Giroux. Get Sharot. Get like <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like,
3: I think um I like the word Elliot Freeman uses sometimes when he talks about deadlines. So a GM's war chest. And for me, I know that I mentioned the first round pick, but I'm looking at Colorado right now and as good as they've been they still have so much forward depth that they could trade away just the accumulation over the years like i i wouldn't be surprised if you see a martin Cout being part of it or a-, a shane bowers or um an alex newhook um all these GT guys Comfer, alex. AT yeah. Comfer, yes and i think those is those are those type those are the type of guys that when we mentioned with um, Alex Bob Garner that, you know, there's an Owen Tippett factor there. But I think with Colorado, they also have a bunch of these other possibilities that they could add if this is, if this is truly the all-in year for them.
0: Um, on 32 Thoughts headlines, uh, Friedman mentioned that for Mark andre Fleury right now, the team wherever he goes to, it's not just about his protection list, but it's him going to a place where he believes he can win. Um, also, I want to say on insider trading, Pierre Lebrun said that the Leafs have looked into him in the goalie market. Uh, he did say it was more of a due diligence call. Um, they did say apparently Toronto's not on his preferred list, which I'm kind of in my report, but maybe that can change. You know, they're a good team. Um, and I know Dubas has kind of been like, ah, we're not looking, we're looking at defense. Alex, would you say for the Leafs, Marc-Andre Fleury is a realistic option? Is he one they should be looking at? Or are you still all those assets that cat space needs to go to a defenseman?
2: Um, I, I think if we're looking at the goaltender market, <clears throat> sorry, he is the only goaltender I'd go after. Wow. You,
0: you don't you don't want me to get to the 100 names trade bait board and read the goalies for the third time?
2: I mean, you're more than... <laughs> 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 I mean, you're more than welcome to, but uh, I, I just, I, I really think uh, unless you're going to be able to move Peter Morazic and bring in one of those guys, uh, there's no real need for any of those other goalies other than Marc-Andre Fleury. I just, I, I don't think it's worth the assets considering that you cannot go out and spend those assets on a defenseman.
0: Uh, by the way, uh, Washington beast still not interested in going. <laughs> oh, they need to. They need to take a hint. Of course, <laughs> it, is, it is not happening. Not happening at all. Uh, goodness gracious, Boris! we is This from Darren Drecker. Uh, Buffalo are apparently looking for a top end, high character partner to play with Owen Power. If not at the deadline, that's going to be a free
2: agency type thing. I bet uh, they wish they had still had Rasmus Ristolainen.
0: Oh, goodness. Sorry. Sorry. We will, we will Sorry. get to that. We will get to that. Because I'm not too happy for Risto. But we'll talk about that a little later. Beside the money thing, I, obvious. But anyway, uh, I wonder, does that mean, would it mean you would have to do a lot of convincing to this player? A lot. But goodness gracious, does it not make sense for you? Like, imagine Owen Power and Hampus Lindholm. Or oof, Owen Power. Hear me out. What do we know about Owen Power? He's got the great scaling ability, right-handed. So we need a left-handed partner. Is he right-handed?
2: He's right-handed. He, yeah. Yeah. Needs really?
0: a grit grinder.
3: Six six five two, right?
0: Yeah. Grit, a nice grit grinder. Leadership. Sure. Anyone anyway, know, Ben's not high end, but I'm wondering if there's any. Like, can you guys think of any like thingy defenseman ideally left-handed? Like who? He's. Who's he's
2: a, He's left handed. Owen Power's left-handed. Oh, he's left-handed, sorry. Oh,
0: so okay, Lindholm. Right-handed. I mean, I don't see him going to no, Lindholm's, uh, Lindholm's left-handed. also left-handed. Josh Manson.
2: So oh, that, that's, Josh that's, that's, not, that's not uh that's and not I, the worst idea.
3: There's history there because Brandon Montour, right-handed went from the ducks to the Sabres.
2: So maybe so who, who okay. Is, is I, I I know this would be real like probably not gonna happen. Yeah. But, like, I kind of just thought of John Klingberg. Wow. I know it would be, that would be a weird pairing because I think Owen Powers is a little more um, offensive-minded as well. But, like, still, why not? That'd
3: be interesting. Yeah. Depending on where the Sabres see themselves in the window or when they're actually going to compete again, that'd be an interesting one.
0: You want Jeff Petrie? You got got terms? Gutter. I mean, it's basically the same as Klingberg, but uh, Klingberg's probably going to want like seven, eight years. So if he can't get eight on the open market, I mean, it would anyway. make
3: sense. Buffalo's one of the only teams that could
0: give him that money. Exactly. Um, yeah. And Chris Johnson mentioned that it looks like it's confirmed that the draft is taking place in Montreal. Suck it, Uh, Do, 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 so do. We'll see do,
3: Adam's do, live do. coverage from there for the podcast.
0: Indeed, indeed. Very excited. The standard when the
3: top pick is made for some reason, Adam also walks up.
2: <laughs> when is when is the draft?
0: I'd say I have no idea. I want to say it's July this year got Oh this yeah,
2: plan. yeah, that's a good point.
0: I kind of want to make it
2: out if I have the time. We should go. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Anyway, we should. How are tickets for a
2: draft
3: though? Like.
0: I don't. I don't know. I've never looked at them.
3: No. Yeah. Okay, Alex. We'll, we'll work on it, We'll Daniel. look into it. I, I, Adam already has his way there. We'll yeah. find our way there.
0: We'll work on it.
3: The timing can, works out.
0: I might be able to get the tickets if you guys can organize your way of getting accommodations there. Accommodations? or getting there. Probably well, com- getting there is easy. It's just the accommodations we've got to think about. We'll okay, figure it out. I, I could probably have that figured out. <laughs> okay. My mom would be there, too, so that might be a little thing. She can record the podcast. Okay. Yeah, if we'll do like, audio if we lose the draft lottery. Perfect. Yeah. I got
3: my lava mic. I'll just bring it over and, like... I don't know. You know what? I'm usually uh, okay. And this is throwing off topic here, but you know, usually for playoffs, they invite uh, teams invite certain people to do blogs for them. Yeah, yeah. We'll invite your mom to do a blog for us on the uh, draft (laughs) coverage.
2: Um,
0: I I mean, she just behind the scenes of
3: the two odd podcast.
0: Indeed, indeed. Okay. Um, go return to Buffalo. They were. uh... I was surprised there was that much booing. To be honest. I thought there would be
3: some jeers.
0: Yeah, there was cheers and don't get it wrong, but uh, it was a bad game for Vegas. Uh, They're just bad right now to begin with, uh, which is kind of funny. But let's just quickly have a little look. See, I have some Jack Eichel
2: quotes. Oh, he had some things to say.
0: Uh, first, he said, um, "That's the loudest I've heard this place." This is in the post game. This is uh, that's the loudest I've heard this place in uh, ever. It's only to, it only took seven years in me leaving for them to get into the game. Uh, he also then said, "I um, they must be booing me because they wish I was still here." Um,
3: that's swagger.
0: Now he did not get a video tribute from the team. It was from like the community. i be like, I guess he does did some charity work. Um, They are Um, That was a messy divorce Now there's been a bit of a split on this So people may not Remember but there was a sit down Interview that Friedman actually Did with Jack mm-hmm. Eichel And in that interview it kind of went under the radar That Eichel before the next thing Actually requested a trade from Buffalo He phrased it as you your rebuilding you could trade me And get some good assets which probably means You should trade me I don't want to be here and he's mm-hmm. trying to Sell it and That's I don't true. think he's that clever Um, so what I kind of see that is, is that it's another element. I don't think it's wrong if you boo him for that. I don't think, I don't think the fans of Buffalo were booing him because he wanted to get neck surgery. No, but I understand why. First off, this is great theater. I think we can all agree. This is amazing stuff. This is good. Oh yeah. Um, But I don't blame Buffalo for booing him. Like I don't blame Islanders fans for booing John Tavares.
2: No, no, I don't. I like. I would um, do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, did they not do it for Yospery Kaniemi?
0: They destroyed him. Yeah. Right. Like,
2: and he he actually put pen to he put he signed that contract. Right. So, like, Jack Eichel essentially did the same thing here. He essentially said, "I do not want like do not want to play here," and I. I don't understand like why people are missing, like are people not aware that he requested a trade or are they being, being blissfully ignorant and not mentioning he asked for a trade, a full calendar year before requiring neck surgery. Like he asked for a trade. You're going to get booed. Like they picked him second overall. They picked him second overall. He signed an eight-year contract extension the same time that McDavid did, right? Eight years. They both got eight years around the same time.
0: I think it was a little later, but he 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 got the big deal. And I think he left in like year two or three.
2: I would do the same thing.
0: No. Was the marriage sort of... What, and I know people have been saying, and I again, I wrote a piece about this to get into Ryerson about how it was a divorce since the start because yeah. Tim Murray didn't want him. Everyone knows that. Now, another of thing that the freedom mentioned on 32 thoughts, the podcast once was that apparently the way the Bagula saw Eichel, it was, it felt quite, it, it sounded very emotional to be honest. Like they really thought he was going to be the savior there. Like correct me if I'm wrong here, you guys are going to know a bit more about this than me, but Ben Simmons in Philly got his big deal. And then, like, year two, he wants out. Zion Williams is trying to get out of the, like New Orleans. Like, it's nobody's business here. I don't like young players trying to force their way out because I don't think it's good for the sports at point at points. Um,
3: Dirk Nowitzki, actually, he mentioned that uh, recently, where he said when he would compare when he was signing his, ex- his extensions or when he was coming into the league, um it was a lot more of you just play and you, you know you just go with how things are going and then he's just feeling now but he didn't criticize anybody but he was saying that there is just a lot more control now with what teams can do or, or what not sorry not teams what players can do in terms of where they want to go and how they want to perceive the contract even when it's signed
0: you know when you sign up for an eight-year you know contract the the rebuild was going to be more than a couple years and like listen i know that he went through his whole elc and that um but if you're signing on for that long and you're the captain there's responsibility to that i don't blame eichel for wanting out at it at the end of the day the next surgery is sort of if it wasn't the biggest thing it was still it was the matchstick it wasn't the first reason it wasn't it, but it, it, it was, it was the, it was France Ferdinand getting killed. It was, that was what started everything. So I think that's what started, but that was the, the matchstick
2: event. Right. You brought up the Pagulas there. And I believe the, there was a rumor going around that the Pagulas pushed for that contract. Really? No. And people
0: criticized it. I remember at the time they were like, what's this yeah. about?
2: Yeah. I, I, I I think I don't blame, I don't necessarily blame Jack Eichel for wanting to leave. Like I, I don't think the, the organization treated him right in any respect. Like before the next surgery, let, let's, let's cut it at the around 2021. They did not treat him right at all. I think, like you guys said, they wanted McDavid. Everybody knew that, and of course, like I'd be pissed if I'm this superstar talent who you can very much build a team around. And your first reaction was, ah, I wish we had McDavid. Like, I understand at the same time, I understand why the fans would boo. Like the fans do not care about what's going on behind the scenes. We do because that's what we talk about. But the average fan, I don't think, cares if Jack Eichel was, if Jack Eichel thought he was treated unfairly. You
0: know what I wonder about is we know Jack Eichel's a big hockey USA guy. We know the Pagulas are, you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're NFL owners, they're very much the team US. That there was that element of it. We have the American talent here. You know, Tim Tim Murray, we know, wanted McDavid, but I wonder if the Bagulas prefer I, I I mean if they had McDavid, they'd probably be like, ah, here we go. But you know what I mean? It's there was a pride thing there, I think. And listen, both sides are a little thingy here. And at the end of the day, Eichel's health for him is the most important thing. Um, but I, I do only like criticizing the fans, really. I don't I don't like it. They didn't chant like broken neck at him or anything. Yeah. They just booed.
3: They didn't sign the Jeff Skinner contract.
0: Yeah, and, well, that's another thing. If you look at it, they got he liked Ralph Kruger, they kept him around. Yeah. They signed Jeff Skinner for him. Taylor Hall for him. Eric Stahl. Eric Oh, <laughs> we Eric Stahl. Congratulations to Mark for playing a thousand games. The first brothers to all play. Love to see it. Well, three How out of the four. It? Yeah, we don't talk about, we don't.
2: Jared. I'm Jared's,
0: Jared's whatever. He played eventually But you know what I mean? It's just, they tried to help him. Were they great at it? No. Um, and he runs out of patience. Okay, Jack, you still have to accept that the fans are going to boo you. It's it's part of the game. It's part of the game. It's it's not like tennis where heckling may be seen a little different. You guys explained that situation oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. But in the NHL, man, you're going to get booed. It happens. Look at John Tavares. It happens, man.
3: Must I say though? This is the first time like I was watching the post game, and I'm like, wow, this is not an NBA post gamer. Like, you know, what I'm talking about like the way he kind of just answered things, and just he was he was out there with all of his answers.
0: It was great. Well, like he, I, he
3: he could have just like, oh, you know, listen, it was like a messy situation, and you know, we moved on forward. But he didn't. He he doubled down on the booth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> While I will say, like, I'm not go- going to um stop. I'm not. I, I don't want to tell Jack Eichel to not say those things because again, like, it's great for us. It's great for great. the sport. Everyone, everyone's going to be talking about it. I'm gonna say I got to disagree with Jack. Uh, that is the Buff. The, the Sabres fan base is probably like I, I remember. They always talk about the TV ratings, even mm-hmm. with Buffalo not in the um, in the playoff race or in the playoffs. They're still one of the top markets in the U.S. So that I was, will disagree <laughs> respectfully disagree with yeah. Jack Eichel.
3: I disagree with that part too. <laughs> I know a lot of people uh, were reacting to that one on Twitter too, where uh well, some people were just joking. or like, you know, he's he's spreading. Misinformation, it's fake news. I
0: think he was just better, right? Like yeah, he was, yeah, no,
3: he exactly. Hit exactly.
2: It's been bad. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna tell it's him just, not to say
0: enthusiasm. it.
3: Yeah, the, the enthusiasm <laughs> in Buffalo, it's it's amazing. Even when it wasn't at the best, there's still the rowdy crowds. People are still coming out. You know, can we'll can we maybe we'll have about... Ruphostophilus on sometime, and he'll mention it as well too. That you... the the fan base to that, like they still believe in Casey Middlestadt.
0: So if we, uh, I wonder too, is in, it's, it, he talked about, yeah, the, the whole thing of it's never been that loud in seven years. Well, yeah. Fair enough. They haven't had anything to cheer for. Um, like it's been so bad in Buffalo. Um, like they didn't even have like a, pa- they weren't a hundred, like they didn't sell out that in that game, which was kind of funny. Um, but I, I think you also have to imagine Sabres fans this year are really airing their grievances to the team. That's why their attendance has been so garbage. Um, maybe they're a little high strung too right now, which I get like, I think right now, like Leafs fans have been so on about the officiating. I don't blame them because you know, right now is they have a goaltender who can't stop a beach ball. And it's like, you know, it's and then it's too. like, that happens with Matthews fan bases can get high strung. Yes. Like any Habs fan a couple months ago before Mary St. Louis, they didn't want to talk to anyone about hockey. You guys know that because I hated it. Um, Rasmus Ristolainen got a new contract. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is back at it, guys. Uh, he took a pay cut, though. What a great guy. Uh, so here's the new deal. Yeah, he goes from 5.4 to 5.1. It's a five-year extension kicking in next year. Um, he is overpaid. Yeah. And we'll criticize Chuck Fletcher in the second year. I just want to say one thing, though. Um, Rasmus Ristolainen had a really rough time in Buffalo. <laughs> You don't uh, say. You know, you know. And now in Philly, it feel. And we all know that Ristam Line was in trade room every year in Buffalo
3: since he was drafted. Um, yeah, since
0: he was drafted. And I just want to see. Apparently, they like him. He likes it there. The teammates like him. Um, before, and I feel like people forget about this with him because they just talk about how awful his advanced numbers are. And well, he, he still he can pull up points, which is there's value in that. You just got it right Like in Carolina I bet he'd be great you, In Carolina right? It would just work out yeah. um, I am happy For Rasmus Ristolainen The person That he seems to have Found a place That want him um, And you know You just got like 25 million dollars Out of what But I, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm happy for Ristolainen The person Now The Flyers Apparently the result Of this is that Travis Sanheim May be available
2: Kyle Dubas
0: Ivan Provorov may be available. <laughs> um, I, I, I. They should get a Kings ransom for Travis I By the way,
2: do you know? Do you know the? I think it was uh, two years ago, the draft before the twenty nineteen draft, where there's the picture of Kyle Dubis with two phones. Yes, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I use
2: that every year for he, the deadline. He has Chuck Fletcher on both of them. Right now, he you better you better have Chuck Fletcher on both of them.
0: <laughs> where are the flyers going where like no offense but instead of Sanhai moving should you not have moved to risk I, I felt
2: kind of like felt that went, you. went the wrong way well i i wonder if the, okay this is pure speculation but i wonder yeah. if at some point they realize that they can get nowhere near the price they paid for and said, well, I guess we're going to keep him because we paid a first, a second, and uh, was it Robert Haig, I believe? Yes. Uh, to bring in Rasmus Ristolainen." and said, I, I guess we can't let him walk for free.
0: Would you like to know uh, the Flyers' five-on-five five expected goals against per 60? Sure. Uh, it is. <laughs> and that is the second worst in the league j fresh just posted it actually
2: who's worse than them
0: uh columbus where are they i think arizona which is strange arizona are 28th
2: okay i was doing well
0: uh shout out to uh the rangers at 24th oh my lord oh my goodness gracious um that's uh that's 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 weird that's weird okay
2: did, did you see, the, I think it was Jay Fresh posted it yesterday Igor Shosturkin Has uh, goals saved Above expected, I think At 40 goals That's insane He's stupid good. He's, mem- stupid
0: good He's actually stupid good Okay, let's Talk about Carolina All right. <laughs> It's not official yet, but it sounds like Miss Barry Kokanemi is having an 8 year
2: extension Wait 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 what? a second. The that thing 10? that hap- the thing that we all said was going to happen, happened. It
0: sounds like the AAV is going to be just short of five million. Different numbers are being leaked out there. Very similar to the Dvorak contract. Can't wait to see the signing bonuses, yeah. is them.
3: It's an odd contract. It is being honest. It's very, it's- very odd.
0: I thought of uh, I thought of the Jerry Krause. I wouldn't sign this Savarese. to Scotty Pippen. Uh, I'm not saying KK is going to be Scottie Pepin, but it's like, um, I- I'm like, it- it's very much, it's long-term security for a guy. And what's, I'm not, I'm not doing the math, but it's millions of dollars. He'll so never have to work again after it. But it's like, it's a very safe bet for him. And if it works out for Carolina, I will rip Mark Bergevin's heart out his chest.
3: I remember on Domlish's and he was talking about that. At the moment, based on what he's seen, KK's not at the production of where... He should be in terms of the money, but again, it's in terms of age, in terms of how he's played on the defensive end. Um, It's just kind of banking on it, right? Just banking on that this becomes a bargain later on.
0: His usage has also been limited. Well, here's what's going to happen is Chocek will, will be gone next year. I a look at their cap friendly. Chocek will be gone. KK will be solidified third line center behind stall behind Aho. He'll be second-line center once Aho leaves and comes to Montreal, obviously.
3: Oh, they're going to say it's Stahl. Okay, but yeah, okay, go
0: on. <laughs> I, um, well, no, or it works out, Aho and eventually once Stahl sort of take off, Kahnemi develops into a second-line center, making less than $5 million until he's freaking 30, his best years.
3: Sorry, Alex, what were you going to say?
2: No, I'm just – I want to double-check something first – Uh. Because I know they also have Martin Nakash. I'm just not sure if he's a center. Because oh, I know I he's technically, he can play center. I'm just not sure if.
3: In uh, NHL 22, I think
2: he's listed as a right winger? Yeah, no, know he's better
0: not. Sheet him. The Kings
2: better offer sheet him. Martin Nakash.
0: Yeah, that'd be funny.
2: That would be interesting. Get the attention away from us. Hashtag the Birchman effect. You yeah, little
0: loser yeah loser. So, the like,
3: just an update, I guess, Adam, on what's going on right now in terms of the the pick situation. So that, I guess, what it is, it's Carolina's pick that's going to be going to Arizona in the
2: the Vorak trade, or no?
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure the Montreal one's top ten protected.
2: Okay, okay, smart. I check. I'm pretty sure it is. That might be Mark Bergman's best move.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, he sucked.
2: Ugh.
0: Talk about the one time he made a panic move. Uh yeah, it's top ten protected protected. Uh-huh. So it's it's gonna be uh Carolinas. Thank goodness. See so if them and uh the, you know I, I I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much.
2: I don't mind this deal at all, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It's going work out. It'll work out.
2: Thanks, Carolina. Hey, if everyone. there's if there's a coach that'll make something work out, it's Rod the Bod.
0: Yeah, yeah, congratulations. I can't wait for everyone to give that team so much credit, even though they signed a blatant race and Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah, how okay. well, great! Yeah, Carolina is so great. You know, everyone forgot about that, didn't they? Yeah, same regime and everything. Oh, Don Matos going to get all this. Oh, he did such a great job. Okay. I just like
3: to say I love Jacob Slavin.
0: I know, right? He's yes. so awesome. And then he, but then he just he has to probably deal with Tony D'Angelo. Talk I about saw,
2: I, saw, I saw Ray Ferraro tweet. Uh, uh, someone tweeted Jacob Slavin is the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. And Ray Ferraro goes, if he isn't, then who is? And I'm like, exactly. It's like him and Haskinen are probably up there. And uh, Daniel, you'd be able to tell me better. Is Jonas Brodine still up there? I know he was a few years ago. He he
3: was two years ago. The only thing is he's had a lot of injuries the last two years. So he hasn't been playing as consistently as we saw before. When I gave him the uh, Fulton Reed Award, I believe in 2020.
0: Um, so Chickering is apparently on his way back to Arizona. He didn't finish the game last night. Um, next day or two we should know what's more with that. Apparently that's from like Craig Morgan. I'm pretty sure. Um, so we'll see what happens because a lot of teams are going to be curious as to what happens there. If he's, you know, John Klingberg is going to be off the market now. Chickering may be off the market. Um, that just it means two things: more value for Ben And more importantly, that could be more value for Hampus Lindholm.
3: Yeah, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. Yeah, but I just remember on Hot Stove when uh Merrick and Friedman said, you know, there might be an op- there might be a possibility none of the big names move in the deadline.
0: I I I no no, just imagine realistically, if Ben Chirac's the only big move, I, I don't want to imagine that's gonna happen.
3: Again, we're I saying wonder. again, it's the opposite of the NBA where, you know, there was the speculation and then literally everything happened plus more. And then with the NHL, we've been talking about the deadline for over a month.
0: It's awful. It's awful. Uh, okay. Uh, this is from 32 thoughts last night. The PHWPA. Did I say it right that time? Yeah. Um, apparently have a new, this is from Merrick. Apparently have a new women's league coming. Fully supported and funded. They had a call with the NHL, apparently, but no details are public. And this will not be a part of the PHF either. So it looks like we're set to have a second women's league.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this because I saw the, when I heard the news, I was thinking about it and I'm getting, I'm more and more becoming okay with two leagues and I'll explain why. Because I know, I think we, before I used to say I wasn't a fan of that, but I think right now the most important thing is that they're playing. Not that every four years or every July, or I'm not sure when the women's world is uh, this year. I think this year it's in August, but, you know, we only talk about it once a year. The most important thing is, is that they're playing. Is it going to be, I guess, um, a little confusing sure but I think the most important thing for the players and and even more important for the sport is that they have player all their players playing because right now it's it, they don't yep.
3: I agree with that I think that you know we've mentioned it before that every time the playoffs roll around we see how great the game is for the women's hockey, and it's always that conversation it's like, "Oh, we have to keep it going. We have to see what we can do with it." But I don't want it to be another thing where it's like, "Oh, we're gonna talk it, talk about it again." The next Olympics, the next World Championships. I think we had enough of a momentum this year to yep. keep it going, and I think one example is just that you keep shouting out people. I think in the most subtle sense too, um, when we talk about that collective effort, and one thing for me is just. I guess, you know, as someone right now, they were just scrolling on Twitter. One example of that is like the Blue Jays. You know, they're shouting out Sarah Nurse. They're shouting out like her accomplishments as well. Those are some of the things that have to be in place for these leagues to be successful. So when we get to the next Olympics, you know, there's still going to be that conversation of we have to keep growing the game for the women's side of it. But it won't be a part where, okay we have to keep starting from level one.
0: We know a lot of these these, the PWHPA stuff. You know the Penguins because it was at P PBG Bates Arena. They were a big part of it. Crosby at the game and all that. Um, you look at it and you start wondering, okay. And if the league, if the NHL do get involved with with the PHWPA, I, I really do question how long the PHF will be around. I, I know they just increase their salary cap and all that, but if they don't have support from the NHL. And they don't, and they have to go up against the best women's players in the world. I do question it. It's a, it feels like something, the timing is a very weird and all that. It. It's not weird. I think we kind of expected this actually, past Olympics is we see what, you know, Anthony Stewart and, and Angela James getting involved with the Toronto Six and that. Um, it feels like a matter of time now. It's a matter of time. I'm just, i just, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm just, I'll be honest. I'm pissed off seeing them split again. I just, I want them all together so we can just enjoy women's hockey as one entity here. Um, I, like, I, I, I know people are like making the, what was it? The WHA comparisons. Cool. Just, you know, it's going to happen eventually. So, you know, if you want to keep wasting time and money and, and I go ahead, but.
2: I think I disagree with you on the NHL stuff. The like, yes, they're going to be involved or they might be involved with PWHPA, but the more I look at the NHL and the more I look at women's hockey, I don't know if I want the NHL involved. The NHL hasn't gotten something. The NHL hasn't gotten something right in years, in years, they haven't gotten anything right. Um, And we already know, like, you know, we're seeing the new personalities uh, in, you know, the Jack Hughes, the Trevor egresses, but they had, like, they've spent the last 20 years not marketing um, their own play. They barely marketed their own players. Right. Whereas when I look at um, the women's game, I think there's vastly huge amounts of personality. In in the women's game, and I don't know if I want the NHL touching that. Like, if I'm being completely honest, because my first instinct is they're just going to botch it, uh, and I don't know if I want that. I
0: I just wonder it's if it's if it's not the personnel, it's the resources. It's it'll be the connections to people. If it's not, listen, I don't want people like Gary Bettman near it either. You make a good point there. It's just what they could provide if there's the right people in place running the second women's league, it's, it's, that's what I, I, I kind of think of. Um, listen, just, I appreciate at least that both leagues are taking advantage right now of the wave after the Olympics. I just, from now, I don't want to see another women's league fault. I don't want to see what happened with the CWHL again. I don't want that. Um, anything else on the women's stuff before we move on?
3: Just hopeful that, again, the momentum keeps on going.
0: Yeah. I mean, Marie-Philippe Pellet could be working with the Habs right now. She's not because she wants to grow the women's league. So, you know, don't waste that resource. Don't waste the greatest women's hockey player of all time still being around to help you out. Don't do that. Okay. My mic's just being dumb. Okay. The Leafs. Jack Campbell is out at minimum two weeks with a rib injury. Uh, I think Morgan Riley said that he had been dealing with it for a while, to which I ask,
2: why did you not get this that, looked at? That, that pisses me off. That pissed me yeah. off so much. It's right like again, the you're Muslim flashbacks. Yeah. That that honestly pissed me off so much. Like, I'm like, why? Why play? I get it. I don't like Peter Morazzic either. But why? <laughs> it's, like, just, it's not helping anyone. You did it last year and it bit you in the ass so hard. Thank God Jack Gamble was was good. But You let Frederick Anderson play with an injury and it didn't work out for you. I'm to this day, to this day, Frederick Anderson, I very much think is a hell of a goaltender in the NHL. You go back and look at those first two years with the Leafs. He had the first pairing was Morgan Riley and Ron Hainsey. My God, it included Mm -hmm. Roman Polak for way too long. Um, Nikita Zaitsev, Nikita Zaitsev, like, I'm sorry, but that to me is fully unacceptable at this point. It's, it's, it's unacceptable to have your goaltender, your starting goaltender play weeks with a rib injury. I think it's uncalled for, and it's a little Bush league. What
0: do you have to say about the Arizona game, or do you just want to just preview what we might see in the Buffalo game in less than an hour?
2: Uh, I mean, better Morassic is I, I'm done. I have a headache.
3: Those first two goals were awful to watch. And I already knew when the first one went in, that was going to be the gift circulating everywhere.
0: Yeah, that was bad. The chicken was it the first chicken goal. I think that, yeah. was, that was the slow motion one. We have been recording for three hours and I'm exhausted. Um,
2: we're chance- Again,
0: he better have a, what?
2: We're just champs for doing this.
0: Exactly. It better be a short lease for Mirazic tonight. All right. in this afternoon, he better
2: stand on his damn
0: head. Paddle I like that. Yeah, otherwise, it's going to be uh, maybe
2: it's a Jeff Skinner show. Who knows? I just want league average goaltending. That's it, Petter or Peter. That's all I want.
0: Um, perhaps. Honest loss to Vancouver. You needed that to happen. They lose to Seattle in the most comfortable game I've ever watched. Two on goals. Yeah, what was that? I think there was one goal through seven rounds of the shootout. Uh, One own goal was Adam Larson for Seattle, which was bad. The
2: other was Weidman and Mottenbow just. He just he uh, fumbled it. That was awful. But um, was but was Adam Larson's really an own goal because he didn't smash his stick on the ice like you do in I, NHL? So to me, Alex, I get what you're goal
0: going goal. for, but that was the, <laughs> that was an own goal in every sense of the word. I was upset because I was hoping Seattle would win a regulation for the tank, but Adam Larson decided to just say no. We're going to give you a chance, Seattle. You know what they do is they play the the way Dom Ducharme used to play three on three overtime with the Habs. It's just we're going to wait. And wait and wait and not take any chances. And it is very annoying to watch if you're the other team. Also, Bell Center back at full capacity. That was lovely to see. The stuff needed for Ukraine was the greatest. And uh, there is no better arena in the world for hockey than the Bell Center. And if you think otherwise, you're an idiot. That nah, you're an idiot. And I'd like to fight you. It's not as tacky as uh, Vegas. There's a bit of class because it's Montreal. It's the Mecca of hockey, damn it. The what state the of forum? hockey, Minnesota. What? What about the because of the fortress wait for vegas to be bad and see how long that atmosphere lasts Watch. no
3: i said the forum
0: oh the forum. yeah wasn't yesterday the anniversary of its last game too yeah. oh yeah the forum yeah. but the forum no longer well it doesn't exist but it's not they don't play anymore yeah the forum is is kind of like mythical right so
3: okay what about the madame athletic center
0: No, no. Um, And by the way, like, am I the only one thinking that
2: Ben Chirac should not play anymore? Like, leading up to the deadline. Yeah, maximize Uh, that uh, return. I'm surprised. Usually around now, we start seeing guys uh, being sat.
0: I'm surprised Chikar was playing, and then you know,
2: you got hurt. Okay, something too much. So I feel I feel like I gotta say this. You did. You guys were talking about arenas, but you forgot to mention the best one. The Sleeman Center in Guelph Come on guys How do you guys not know this Guelph Storm The Guelph Storm in the OHL The Guelph Nighthawks of the CEBL
0: You know what's an interesting snippet Is I am looking That um, People still didn't know there was an outdoor game today Of course they didn't Oh, and Pierre Lebrun just freaking put out a blog about trade stuff. You know, we'll quickly just – I'll quickly skim through this, and we can see what happens, if there's any sort of – Lebrun, chicken's injury complicates deadline plans, lease on Sherratt, Thomas Hurdle, and more. Um, If I'm the Canadians, I would pull bench – thank you. Um, Okay, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I I know, I know, I know. I'm too tired. We've been here for too long. Okay, I'll read this, and I'll put stuff in the doc, and we can talk about it on – Wednesday. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to Curtis and Alex Baumgartner once again for coming on to the show. We appreciate you both very, very much. Um, Mike sending stuff about Pete Davidson and Kanye West. I don't care. Um, what else around here? By the way, Marie-Philippe Poulain getting the game winner in the uh, US-Canada rematch, because of course. Um, check us out on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify video, YouTube for a full video version of the show. Check out Alex stuff for the Nighthawks, Daniel stuff for CJRU, my YouTube channel. Um, and we will check you in Wednesday for the deadlines coming up. People get excited, even though there may be no action, because this league sucks. Goodbye.